Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. So, C3 Queen's Beach, thank you for having me here today. So good to be here. I haven't been here on a Sunday in this new building with all of you guys. What a fantastic building that you guys have here. And not only a fantastic building, but can we start by just giving honour to Pastor Nicole and Pastor Steve. I'm Pastor Steve's on AV at the back right now. Talk about two people who are sold out for the cause of Christ, two people who love Jesus, who are passionate, spirit-led leaders, who, are, who, who pursue Jesus and are so good to follow. And so thank you for all that you do for all Steve's way. I can't believe it's so funny. Steve's up there just leading the charge anywhere he can fit. It's so good. Thank you, Steve. Um, and thank you for having me here today as well. And also shout out, Pastor Eden's not here today, but how great is Pastor Eden? She is so full of joy and life and compassion for people and just kindness, and she is awesome here and also in our local schools as a chaplain. So good. Well, my message today is called How to Grow Good Fruit. How to Grow Good Fruit. And we're going to be jumping straight into Galatians 5. It's a, it's a pretty hefty passage. It's, it's, not, it's long and it also has some adult themes. And so we're going to keep it together, mature adults and people, um, as we read this through. So starting in verse 16, Galatians 5, 16, the NIV, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is, does anyone say it with me? Does anyone know off by heart? Is, does anyone know how many there are off by heart? <laughs> Love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, whatever you choose, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So some pretty heavy things to take in through that passage. There's love and joy, but before that, there's, there's some witchcraft. I don't know about you guys, but in my normal, like, Tuesday, I'm not just having, like, oh, witchcraft in my head, or, just, oh, I might start a faction today. Like, it's not something that I usually consider something that I struggle with. I think, I mean, faction, maybe church would be better with factions. The first thing I think of is just, like, sports carnivals. I don't know why. Like, you can have split the church into teams, and I just mentioned the offering bucket, just like tunnel ball. Like, I think that would be fantastic. And maybe we get some more engagement. I'm be great but no I'm just kidding but to draw out more from this passage I think it's important for us you know to be able to sink our teeth into what this really means for us as followers of Jesus how this actually plays out in our reality in our everyday um, so that we're not just ignoring it because it says witchcraft or something else but 
We can't go past this incredible Eugene Peterson, the message version of this passage. It's so good. And so I want to read it to you. And as we read it, let's open our hearts. Let, let, let's take it in. Let's consider for ourselves what this is speaking to us. And so in Galatians 5, uh, we're going to go from 19 to 26 in the message version. It says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper and impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. So I think that really grounds a lot of what that, in the NIV, when you read it, it seems a bit of like this almost like dystopia, sort of weird Armageddon place of like, what's happening? This is the reality of what that means for us in our everyday, the depersonalizing of everyone else in our world into rivals. How that hits, that hits real. That's just speaking to insecurity as people, like the, the divided homes and divided lives, the way that we choose to pursue Jesus, but then pursue other things and the ways that we choose to not surrender things. It's, it's big. And so I think this interpretation of this passage for us is so uh, awesome and so clear and so accessible, accessible for us to be able to understand and access these pretty abstract ideas. And so we're going to jump back in in verse 22. He continues, he says, but what happens when we live God's way? What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, love, exuberance about life, joy, serenity, peace. We we develop a willingness to stick with things, patience, a sense of compassion in the heart, kindness, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people, goodness. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, faithfulness, and not needing to force our way in life, gentleness, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely, self-control. These are the fruit that grow and produce in us when we're living a life in step and in rhythm with Holy Spirit. That's, a, that's the fruit produced by a Spirit-led life. And so life walking in step with the Holy Spirit is not just meant to be this idea or this concept or this ideology that, that, that dwells in our head, but it's actually a lived out, walked out reality for us as people of Jesus or people who follow Jesus and represent uh, who he is to this world. And God actually empowers us by the Holy Spirit to live that reality out in our everyday, in not just our Sunday, not just our special moments on the altar, but also in our Monday to Friday, in our driving to work, in our whatever else that we're doing, in our frustrating moments. And said, here, as we see this analogy of good and bad, spirit-led and flesh-led fruit, we can also recognize this metaphor for us being like trees or fruit-bearing trees or, I don't know, vines. I don't know a huge amount about trees and what kind of things can grow fruit and not grow fruit. But So whatever you choose to identify as today as a fruit-bearing plant, picture that, okay? I picture a big tree, so maybe that's wrong, but we're going with it today. 
And we want these good fruit growing in our life, yes? yes. Does that make sense? That good? We, we want that good fruit growing in our life. We desire that fruit. All nine of these qualities that we see in this passage, our culture of today outside of the church actually wants all of this good fruit in abundance in our life as well. But when we're just pursuing the fruit, when we're just pursuing the fruit, when we're just pursuing the peace, when we're just pursuing the love, when we're just pursuing the fruit, things can actually start to get a bit weird and a bit warped. And we can see that in our society and in our culture, that when we're just pursuing the fruit, love can become warped into just an agreement and acceptance of all things and behaviours and lifestyles and, and ideologies and anything that is seen to challenge or bring a, a, another perspective to, it can also be seen as hate. I mean, joy can be warped into self-seeking pleasure and happiness is the only thing that matters, even if it's only rooted or grounded in temporary or empty things. Self-control can weirdly warp into this sense of pride as we believe that we actually have more control over our lives than we do. And we choose to put our trust in our own abilities instead of in God. Does that make sense? The world chases the fruit, but a healthy tree, you and me guys, a healthy tree doesn't chase fruit. It doesn't go, ah! trying to make fruit. No, a healthy tree is looking for water. A healthy tree is chasing nutrients in the soil that its roots go deep in. It's desiring the warmth of the sunlight that comes to enrich it and, and, and grow it. And the fruit isn't the pursuit of the tree. Growth and health is the pursuit of the tree. The fruit is just produced naturally in the tree as its roots go deep in good soil, as it soaks in the needed warmth of the sunlight around it, and as it's got access to water, to fresh water, to good water. And it's the same for us. It's the same for us. We as people are trees and we here are supernaturally empowered trees by the Holy Spirit. And the thought that I've had on my heart that I really want to get out and, and, and speak with you guys about today is that we are marked by Holy Spirit to grow good fruit. Is that good? We are marked by Holy Spirit to grow good fruit. In Ephesians 1.13 in the NIV, it says, and, also, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 1, 21, it says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our heart as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. We are marked by the Spirit to produce good fruit. We are marked and empowered and filled by Holy Spirit to go forth and live out the reality of the call that He has for your life. Not just to hold it in our head as a good idea, but to practically live it in our everyday and carry the heart of His kingdom in our workplaces, in our families, in everywhere that we go. And so God actually wants you to have love. He wants you to know that love. He wants you to know the love that drives out all fear. He wants us to have joy that is everlasting. He wants us to know his peace that transcends all understanding and beats anxiety and all this stress and worry that we have in our life. He wants us to have these things. But this discipleship journey that we're on is not a striving to get to God and all of the good fruit that he has. It's actually a journey of growing with God on the journey of becoming more like Christ and the fruit is produced in us and through us by the working of the Spirit in our lives as we choose to intentionally grow in depth and intimacy of relationship with Him. And so, what does that actually look like? Like, 
Sounds good. <laughs> what does that actually mean? Like, we've accepted the reality that we are marked by the Spirit. Okay, cool. I, I believe I'm a temple of the Spirit of God. I have Him in my life, and, and I need to outwork that. Okay, well, then how does the fruit produce in us? Okay, well, we are marked by Holy Spirit to grow good fruit as we walk in step. As we walk in step. And so our goal isn't fruit. The fruit is the natural outcome of walking with the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's growing in intimacy with Him. It's learning to catch the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, to learning to catch His voice, learning to tune into His leading in all seasons of our life. And maybe that already sounds like a struggle for you. Maybe that's not your normal wiring. For me, it's not my natural wiring. Like often when we talk about the Spirit, we talk about the Holy Spirit and His leading and His voice and all these things, it can often feel like this kind of very like fairy dust, ethereal thing that doesn't seem like because we can't connect with it naturally with our eyes in front of us or, or, or anything like that. But I wanted to encourage you today, if that's a struggle for you, if the Spirit of God is a struggle for you, it was for me. But as I've intentionally continued to forge space in my world, to create moments where I just let my guard down and I let the silliness away. You know, maybe you feel silly talking to the Holy Spirit. To, to, to recognize that is actually insecurity and doubt and fear. And just create moments in my life to be still. Create moments in my life to not try and talk the whole time, but to listen. Create moments where I'm just going, you know what, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not feeling good. This is hard. This is a struggle. Or, this is awesome, and I want to thank you for it. Creating moments, intentional moments and, and rhythms in our life that actually allow Him in, that invite Him in to speak to us. And that, in that space in my life, as I forged and continue to intentionally build those habits in my life of inviting Him in to speak and inviting myself to listen, He has actually convicted me of things that I didn't know I needed convicting of. He has lifted me up and encouraged me in ways that I didn't know I actually needed to stop speaking bad talk about myself, but actually let myself be encouraged by him. He's led me, he's led me with gentleness through hurt in my inner world and helped me to grow and strengthen my identity as a child of God. And he wants to do the same for all of us here today. He wants to do the same for all of us as we let him in. He's not going to hurt you. He's not just going to tell you you're doing everything wrong, but he leads you with the fruit that he produces. He leads you with kindness, with love, with gentleness, with peace. He wants to bring that into your world to grow you as the person of God that he's called you to be. And so the thing is, learning to walk in step takes time. Has anyone tried doing a walking side hug with their spouse? I do this because that's how tall my wife is. Um, just naturally. We were doing it the other day. I think we had dinner um, the, other, the other night and then we were going back to the car and it's like, it took us about like 10 metres just to get into the same rhythm. And then by the time that we've taken that 10 metres, her love takes a full for the physical touch. She's done. So the hug's over. And then we're in the car and it's like, all right, well, that was fun. <laughs> love that. But walking and, and, and living our life led by the Spirit, I just want to encourage you, it's not about a tingly moment that you have. It's not about falling over on the altar. You know, it's, it's when we set our expectations around our experience of what God is going to be like, when we've, when we've set our expectations of our experience of God around our feelings or around someone else's experience of God, we're not actually opening ourselves up to walk in step with the Spirit. We're actually just hoping that He'll come and walk in step with what we want Him to do. We need to intentionally 
build and strengthen a relationship of openness and surrender with Holy Spirit in our everyday life. Is that good? Is that, is that okay? We need to commit, and this is not a fun point to preach, but we need to commit to the mostly mundane, non-tingly reality of life with God and continue to daily open our lives to Him as we invite Him into every part of our day. And that can, that can look like just putting on worship in the car as we drive to work. We're taking an action in our life that is an intentional step to open ourselves up to fixing our heart or our eyes or our lives on Him, inviting Him in. It can be, you know, inviting Him in when we're going into a difficult meeting at work, praying for a second to invite Him in. It could be we've just lost our cool at our kids and we can take a moment to pause and actually just invite Holy Spirit to come and search our hearts, find any anxious thoughts in us, any offensive ways, to come and investigate the root of our frustration. And often you'll find in that moment that He'll lead your thoughts in down paths and places that you wouldn't have got to on your own. That actually helps reveal some hurt in you, or some insecurity, or some, or some, or some, you know, problems that are on the inside. He can actually allow healing and peace to flow once you allow Him in to get you there. And so the, to walk in step with Holy Spirit, we actually need to align ourselves with Him in openness and in surrender. And we need to seek first, not the fruit, not the feeling, but the kingdom of God. We need to seek first His kingdom. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says it best. He says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We're not called to seek first the feelings. We're not called to seek first the fruit. God knows what you need. Sometimes we forget that. God knows what we need. Trust Him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first Him and His call and His purposes for your life. Seek first His goodness for this world. Seek first, you know, that looks like prayer. That looks like, you know, prayer is the streams of water that we need as healthy trees. And living water in the form of Jesus, in the form of prayer as healthy trees. And that looks like the Word. That's the good soil that our roots need to go down deep into so that we're not being shaped by the culture of the world or shaped by our circumstances or our environment, but we're being shaped in our identity by who God calls us and who God says we are in His Word. Um, it's committing to discipleship community. Maybe that is frustrating for you to hear for some people. Even when it's raining, you know? Even when it's June. It's committing, it's committing to discipleship community. It's the warmth of the sun that healthy trees need to continue to grow and stretch uh, and, and become healthier and healthier. And maybe you started this year off hot. Maybe you started off good. You felt good. You felt light, light and breezy. It's all good. You had great goals. Maybe you started the year with a better sense of clarity around what this year was going to look like. Prioritizing God before Instagram or Facebook. Maybe you're getting up a bit earlier. It's definitely easier to get up early in January than it is in June. <laughs> when you're getting up at 6 a.m. and it feels like 3, it's unreal. But I want to ask, how are we going now in June? How are we going now? And maybe it's good for us to consider throughout the year, periods of the seasons of the year, to consider, okay, this was me in January. How am I going now in June in this part of the year? Because, I mean, COVID felt like it added three months to the first half of this year. That's another thing we have to, <laughs> we have to remember. This half of the year has been long. It's June. But 
maybe some of those good goals have faded to the background of your life. Maybe some of those good kingdom-seeking habits aren't as strong or they feel a lot harder than they did when you were in January. Normal trees will produce fruit in their season. Normal trees are fueled by the conditions of their natural environment. But let me encourage you, we are not normal trees. We are marked, fueled, empowered by the Holy Spirit trees to grow good fruit in every season. To grow, and that doesn't mean that every season has to look the stock standard same. We've got to follow the rhythm of the Spirit. We've got to, we've got to continue to attune ourselves to God's grace. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus and, and fix our eyes on our circumstances instead of on Him because of the complexities of life that have, that have taken our eyes away, we can start actually living out of step with the Holy Spirit and the fruit produced in us can maybe go a bit off. And you can see that in, your, in our behaviours and maybe in our speech or maybe in how we respond to people when they say, oh, how's work going? Or how's this going? Or how's that going? And instead of bearing the fruit of peace, we can actually end up bearing the fruit of stress. And instead of bringing peace to others, we end up just dumping on people with our stress. Instead of bearing the fruit of kindness, we can actually focus more inwardly about our selfishness and what we need instead of what others might need from us. And you know what? It's okay to be stressed. I get stressed every day. It's okay to be stressed. It's okay to have moments of selfishness. It's okay to be human. We're human. It's okay to have these situations in our life that make us impatient or, or have us struggling to be full of joy and peace all the time. I'm with you. But, I mean, just this couple of months leading into Beyond, for, for me as a media guy, it's been stressful. We've had a lot to do. And I found myself, just people asking me, oh, how are you going? And, all, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, okay. And they'd be like, oh, everything's looking so good. Well done. And I'm like, yeah, a lot more to do, though. All right, Eeyore. Like, <laughs> cheer up. Like, <laughs> sometimes we let our focus fall on our circumstances or our stress or what's going wrong. And that's an indicator that maybe our eyes actually aren't as fixed on Jesus as we thought that they were. That's why we need these moments throughout the year to actually reconsider and reevaluate, allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak to the very core and being of who we are, to actually evaluate how are we really going and are we really in step with the Holy Spirit in this season? Because the, And the problem isn't being stressed. You can be stressed again. You can, you can have moments of being a human being. That's life. It's staying, in a, it's staying stuck in a place where our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus. It's staying stuck in a place where we, we lose sight of who he is and who we are in him and who he's called us to be. It, it, it's, it's when we stay in a place that is uh, stuck with our eyes focused on other things and we're not seeing God's kingdom. But as you make space for him in your busyness, as you make space for him in your stress, in your despair, in your tiredness, as you choose to see him again through it all, through the noise of your life, Holy Spirit will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are. And he operates in good fruit. He's not going to come to put more weight on you. He operates in good fruit. He has peace for you. He has kindness and gentleness. He has patience. He has love to fill us so that we can carry it wherever I go, or wherever we go. And we need to be in step with the Holy Spirit to grow good fruit for ourselves, but also for others. Because we are marked by the Holy Spirit to grow good fruit, to produce good juice. Hello. Because fruit's got juice. 
It's the overflow of the fruit produced in us. That's what the juice is. And it's for not just for us, it's for others. Other people will take a hold of what you're producing and your overflow of your life is going to come out in the way in your relationships with others. And so we're not just called to have peace. We're called to be peacemakers. We're not just called to be loved. We're called to love our neighbor. We're not just called to... Um, Sorry, be patient with our own lives. We're called to be patient and tolerant of the people in our lives. And so the point of the fruit is for others to receive the overflow through us. That's the whole point. I mean, really, that's the whole point of beyond, right? Is that we've got a good thing going on with Jesus. Done and dusted. No, the overflow of the juice produced, uh, the fruit produced in our lives is what needs to go out to our communities, to our local, our regional, our global communities so that they can see Jesus for who he really is. And when we've got our focuses all mixed up and we're stuck in a place of stress or frustration or pride or insecurity or everything else that's going on, our fruit can become warped and our juice maybe it gets a little bit gross to other people. And I think we know people who are like that. They carry stress, but then they kind of like spill it out on other people. And it's, a, it's yucky. I mean, who here knows that rotten fruit still has juice? Parents, has anyone been in their bag of a teenager, like after a school term or something, and there's like a micro-ecosystem at the bottom? They have like governments and roads, and it's just like this disgusting bit of like stink, and it's not even the same shape and colour or texture that you gave them, and you don't even know what it is, really. They're growing experiments in their bag, but there is juice still in that. And we don't, we don't want that. We don't want other people experiencing that from us. That's not who we're called to be. That's not what we're, what we're producing. That's not what God's producing in you. We are marked by the Spirit to grow good fruit that produces good juice for the sake of others. And so what kind of fruit are we growing? I'd like to just invite the band back to come and play. What kind of fruit are we growing? What kind of fruit are we showing? What kind of fruit are we overflowing to the people around us who need Jesus? You know, what kind of fruit are we growing and showing and overflowing to our own church community? To our own family, in our private spaces? Are we rocking up to church with joy? Are we choosing to, to, to take a step in line with the Holy Spirit, to put on joy, to be happy to serve and glad that we can come to gather with God's people to worship His holy name? Are we coming home from work after a hard day and choosing to bring peace inside instead of the stress? Are we, are we trying to see others at work how God sees them and not just write them off with judgment or criticism or busyness? You know, what kind of juice is overflowing for us right now in June, in 2022? And where do we need to maybe reconcile some parts of our heart and our mind and our life to God today? Where do we need to get in step with the Holy Spirit and invite Him into our hearts and our minds to do some deep cleaning work? And I'd love if we can just stand where we are right now.
we're producing something else. God, would you come and show us where maybe we've got stress instead of peace? Would you come and illuminate in us where we've got pride instead of gentleness, instead of kindness, instead of love where we've got judgment or bitterness? God, would you come and search in our hearts right now and we surrender it to you today? pray, Lord, would you help us to continue to walk in step with you, Holy Spirit. Help us to make space with you in our everyday. Help us to hear your voice, to be still in your presence. Help us to invite you in to our family, to our private life, to our church world, to our workplaces, to everywhere that we go. Holy Spirit, we declare today that we need you and we want to be in step with you so that we can be the church and the people that you've called us to be, so that we can know the fullness of your love, of your joy, of your peace.
start that journey of growing that good fruit in your life. And so, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are good, that you have good fruit for us, that we are marked by your Spirit to produce good fruit. And just that your empowerment would be on these people to live that out in their everyday as we see again, as we go beyond, as we go into our day, as we go into our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.